You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed episode of the Assembly Call, as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers fall on the road to the Nebraska Cornhuskers 66-57 to in a game that was tight through the first 28 minutes of the game. Indiana actually led at halftime 26-25, to came out, and the two teams played even 15-15 through the first two media timeouts. But after that, Nebraska really took control, won each of the final three segments as Indiana really just from an effort, from a focus perspective there down the stretch. This was not what we have grown used to seeing from this particular Indiana team. And Nebraska really took it to Indiana. And in fact, were it not for a bevy of missed free throws by the Cornhuskers, uh, the final score wouldn't have even looked uh, as good uh, as it did. Uh, And it didn't look good and that's because Indiana didn't play very well and so we have a lot of elements to break down uh, on the heels of Indiana's winning streak but where there were a lot of positives to talk about tonight there are obviously going to be a lot more negatives and we will break it all down for you here on this edition of the assembly call IU postgame show I'm your host Jared Morris I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips and let's start tonight's show as we start every show and that is with our Hoosier proud banner moment and for the banner moment let's go back to that stretch in the second half when Indiana was actually playing halfway decent. And I say halfway decent because, you know, on the one hand, Indiana comes right out of the locker room after turning the ball over a ton in the first half, and they turn the ball over a ton again in the second half, which I guess was kind of a harbinger of things to come. But I thought the brightest spot for Indiana during that stretch and really all game was Justin Smith, who continues to, you know, kind of right before our eyes go from a freshman into being a sophomore. And his final numbers on the night uh, were pretty good. 16 points. He had eight boards, had a steal. Four of his rebounds were offensive. And in that stretch at the beginning of the second half, things could have gotten really bad for Indiana right there. But he kind of kept Indiana in it as he scored 10 points in the first six minutes of the second half. Uh, you know, one play in particular I thought was uh, just wonderful. It was 37-37. Um, uh, he saved uh, kind of this errant Josh or, or Zach McRoberts pass and then drove all the way from the right side to the left side, had a nice little head fake scored. He's really showing an ability to do more off the dribble and to finish through contact. He had uh, several different and one opportunities and also defensively, you know, well, he had some lapses late. I thought he also had some good possessions there. And after the possession that I just mentioned, he went down and had some nice defense on Isaiah Roby where he didn't give him the baseline, moved his feet very well. Roby dribbled the ball off his foot. Uh, and that was right before Indiana actually opened up a 41 to 37 lead in the second half. That would be the high point of the game. And it would all kind of come tumbling down from there because that's when uh, Nebraska went on their 10 0 run, seized control of the game. And Indiana would not get closer than three points uh, from that point forward. But, uh, not a perfect effort from Justin Smith by any means. No one <laughs> played that way tonight, uh, but he did a lot more to kind of suggest that as we move forward for the rest of the season, for whoever many games are left, whatever his conditioning and foul situation in a game dictates, he should probably be on the floor because it feels to me like we've kind of reached the point where you let him play through some of his mistakes because now the production is outweighing it. Not to mention, he's such an important part of this program's future. So our banner moment to Justin Smith for how he started the second half. Our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Proud, an Indiana-based t-shirt and apparel company that is by Hoosiers and for Hoosiers. And if you're wondering why, you should check out their website, HoosierProud.com. I'll give you a few reasons, and we'll kind of mix them up here a little bit. The first reason is philanthropy. You know, If you want to support Indiana-based charities, with your t-shirt sales, then go to HoosierProud.com because that's exactly what you will do. So any of the t-shirts that you see at Hoosier Proud, they support different Indiana-based charities. And at their website, you can see what those charities are. Uh, and the designs themselves are really awesome. I mean, you can go and get some of their uh, unique Indiana or, or unique designs inspired by uh, elements of the Hoosier State. You can get the officially licensed IU gear. You can get our 
assembly call t-shirts. They have it all there. And if, you know, for yourself or for someone else, you know, who is a proud Hoosier, they will have something for that person. And when you choose your shirts and you put everything in your shopping cart and you go to check out another reason to use HoosierProud.com is they're very generous and giving you a discount. So when you use the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, you will get 15% off of your entire order. So not just one shirt, not just the assembly call shirts, but your entire order. So promo code assembly, check them out at HoosierProud.com. All right, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. And we will start with our bottoms line from Andy Bottoms, brought to us by IUTickets.shop. Uh, I'm not even, I don't even know where to start. There's so many things that were terrible. I mean, it was, it, it was a game where you couldn't really criticize lineups that were used because you couldn't find enough guys who actually were in tune with what they were supposed to be doing and playing well um, to figure out what to do. You had, you know, Nebraska scores 26 points off of 19. I thought it was actually 20 IU turnovers. Um, gave up 19 offensive rebounds. It just got worked pretty much by a team that, um, you, you know, for those saying they should be in the, in the, the NCAA tournament, like Stephen Bardo did at the beginning, um, you know, they, they didn't look like a tournament team. It was an imminently winnable game that IU quite frankly gave away, um, as they were playing. And in that stretch you talked about, I, I continue to go back to it. It was 41 37. IU had gotten the ball, um, and they had forced a turnover. Uh, Robert Johnson had a steal. IU had the ball, a chance to extend the lead, go up six. It really kind of felt like as close as IU was to having Nebraska a little bit on the ropes. Uh, and Al Durham drives in with nowhere to go, throws the ball away, gives up an and one on the other end, then comes back down, takes a three-pointer. Uh, Nebraska misses. Newkirk takes a bad three-pointer early in the shot clock immediately after that. Nebraska misses again, uh, turn the ball over. Uh, IU gets it back. Newkirk takes another three. McRoberts gets a rebound and misses a shot. I mean, and that, you know, they, eventually Nebraska turned that four-point deficit into a four-point lead, but that was over a fairly long period of time where IU just couldn't score. And even at the end of the game, when you thought, you know, as bad as they played for 36 minutes, it was still a five-point game, um, you know, with the ball coming out of a timeout. And, you know, Newkirk has no idea how much time is on the shot clock. Makes it makes a turnover. He makes a turnover the next time down. Johnson makes a turnover the time after that. I mean, it was just one, you know, one play after the other where IU just shot itself in the foot and basically ruined its it, any chance of winning the game. And I think, you know, for as much as everybody won, wanted to get excited about the winning streak and all that, you know, I think this showed that you know deep down uh, in places we don't like to talk about that other that old team was still in there somewhere and tonight was a brutal reminder that that was the case that is absolutely true unfortunately all right now we go to ryan and get his rant brought to us by the big so much to choose from tonight ryan oh boy where to start uh first of all i know people love when i do this but the officiating was friggin' terrible tonight as always that didn't change the game though because india indiana's losing if they don't call a single foul but the problem tonight was just there was no consistency for what was a foul and that was just annoying. and also apparently continuation exists if you're the home team in the in the big 10 now um but no what i, what I want to talk about their bench had something exciting planned if they let a continuation play go maybe they by the way the bench mob at nebraska i know you guys think you're being funny and clever it's not funny it's not clever monmouth did it that was fine you're not good at this you're very very bad and the big 10 network should be ashamed of themselves for continuing to put them on television it was so stupid yeah showing emotion on the bench is great i'm getting a lot of in in my mentions i'm getting a lot of nebraska fans saying oh well, they shouldn't show emotion no showing emotions great scripted bits are for late night television not a basketball game or um, post game shows oh yeah all right no uh, more stalling there's plenty of bad rant uh I think I just was, Jared. You interrupted my flow. Uh, no, what I want to point out is I want to point out the the guys who... Uh, I actually... I have a rant for Juwan Morgan in this one. I just thought that, look, he might be exhausted because he's been carrying this team for so long. I thought he was horrific tonight for the most part. I, I really did. I, I thought, yeah, he grabbed nine rebounds, but 13 points, 5'11 from the field. There were several times he had guys one-on-one -on -one and just wouldn't take them. I mean, that shot clock violation Andy mentioned where Newkirk just didn't know the time left and, and let it run out. He gave the ball to Morgan on the perimeter one-on-one, -on -one, and Morgan just 
did whatever he could to get rid of the ball and give it right back to Newkirk. It's like, you're the best player on the team and you got the ball one-on-one late clock. Go do something, create, even if you just take a three, do something. Um, and we got murdered. Uh, Indiana got murdered on the offensive glass or I guess, well, defensive glass for Indiana. Give them 19 offensive rebounds. That's on uh, Juwan Morgan. And we've been saying Juwan and Zach McRoberts were for a long time, the two best players on this team. Zach McRoberts was awful tonight. He just, it was almost like he never checked into the game. Um, you know, he played 12 minutes, but none of those were positive minutes. And he wound up, you know, with two turnovers, you know, he's not going to score points, two rebounds. He fouled out in 12 minutes. I mean, I realize some of those were very bad calls, but at the same time, you know, you have to be able to do something. And then Devonte Green, a guy who I we've said, look, he's playing really well, but you know, there's a couple, dang it, Devonte games coming up, and tonight was one of them. Six turnovers um, is just not okay from a guy who handles the ball. So, and Archie Miller was clearly not pleased with him. And as you tweeted out during the game, Jared, when Devonte is not playing well or is not on the floor, the ball does not move as well for these guys, and you don't see Indiana getting assists. And I'm sorry, when you can't shoot particularly well and you don't make free throws, you can't get killed on the offensive, or you know, you can't get killed on the glass, and you can't, you know, make stupid plays and turn the ball over 19 times. This team is not as to quote an old uh, Herb Brooks, since the Olympics are going on, the old U- Team USA hockey coach, this team is not talented enough to win on talent alone. So that's my rant for the evening. I just think that they're, you know, this team showed up thinking, well, we've won four straight, we should be fine, and played like, you know, they thought they were great, and they really aren't, and need to play their tails off every game to win and it's like they forgot that tonight especially late in the game that's what it looked like you are listening to the assembly call iu post game show i'm jared morris i'm here with andy bottoms and ryan phillips talking about our disappointment in indiana's nine point loss to nebraska tonight that really should have been a lot more uh but nebraska missed some free throws Devonte green had that little shot late that made it look a little bit better so you know, Ryan, I we need to talk a little bit more about Jawan Morgan, and we will, because he just doesn't quite look like the same guy. The lift just isn't there, and you can kind of see it on some of his moves down low. He just he, he he's not as quick. He's not able to jump, you know, like he like he had been able to. And maybe that's just fatigue. We'll get to that because I think tonight, you know, while Jawan didn't have a, his typical game. You had Justin Smith, like I said, come through with sixteen points and eight boards. So you know, you got from your front court guys some of what you needed Freddie McSwain, you know, playing for 14 minutes and not grabbing a rebound hurts, you know, a a guy who can grab nine offensive rebounds against Michigan state and can't get one in this game. I don't really know how you explain that, but what killed Indiana Indiana tonight was the backcourt. And, you know, you just started talking about it, Ryan, Andy, I want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, Devontae green was terrible from the start, turns it over six times. Uh, You know, as you mentioned, Archie had zero patience for it. He just didn't have a whole lot of places to turn. And while Josh Newkirk, I thought, Played some pretty decent minutes in the first half. You know, had a couple of assists in the first half. You know, he was atrocious in the second half. And 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 even though Robert Johnson finishes with 16 points, you know, hit a couple of really huge threes that kind of kept Indiana in it. You know, late in the game, Andy, as you mentioned, you know, it was 58-53. You know, there's still three or four minutes left. And while Indiana hadn't played well, the game is kind of still there for the taking. And then you've got the shot clock violation. Then you've got Robert Johnson forcing. Uh, well, he played good defense on one end, forced a bad shot by Palmer. And then Newkirk gets it and just goes crazy with this ridiculous drive with nothing to do, turns it over. And then uh, Robert Johnson drives and steps on the end line. So three straight turnovers from your senior guards. That's how you take a winnable road game and just completely piss it away into what basically felt like a blowout there for the final couple of minutes. And so, you know, when this team struggles when this team doesn't play well and looks as bad as it did tonight it usually comes back to guard play and at times Devontae Green has been better and masked some of that and allowed Robert Johnson to just focus on being a shot maker uh you know tonight Robert had to try and do a little bit more playmaking there in the second half and it's not his strong suit and Josh Newkirk you know him playing against a team that can defend as well as Nebraska and is as long as Nebraska that's just not a formula for success so credit to Nebraska because they're a good defensive team and for our guards in particular, I think their length presents problems. But you've got to expect some more out of seniors and, you know, kind of cue the broken record, uh, Andy. But, you know, once again, that really came back to bite Indiana in the end in a winnable game. Yeah, it was uh, 
it was brutal. I mean, and like I said, there was just at some point, there's nowhere to turn. You, I mean, you, you have to play someone at the position, but I mean, where? Well, and, and Al Durham was making bad decisions all night, too. So, yeah, he, 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 like, he, he went into this 41 37. I mean, he made, he made like three plays in a row that the, the turnover, he let the guy drive by him and, and fouled him and then took a three on the other end. I mean, that was a, a really rough stretch for him. But Al played like a freshman and Devontae played like a sophomore in high school. So I'm mean, just to clarify that. Yeah. It, it I mean, I, 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 you know, Robert Johnson, I think, is the guy who, who I thought played certainly the best of that group and I thought tried to do too much toward the end just because I don't yeah, think anybody could be relied upon to do that. We've talked about he's played so much better when Devontae has really been the ball handler and he's been able to play off the ball. Um, he did have that nice drive where he you know got fouled and, and made a couple free throws and, and the big corner three when the game was really starting to get away from him. You know, he had some big shots, but he just was put in a position at that point when no one was playing well to have to create offense on his own, which, you know, this season has proven out. That's just not going to, that's not a formula that's going to work for IU. And it just was, you know, for all the, you know, I hate to go back to the same cliches they've talked about. It's just guys just trying to make ridiculous plays that are completely unnecessary. And even the beginning of the second half was the same thing. Justin Smith, you know, he's got an open Juwan Morgan, but he was rifled a pass to him that was, you know, some of those plays that the Newkirk play where he's driving into the lane, just the number of times that guys drove with no idea what they were going to do with it, got in the air um, and didn't know there was the Devante one that was like he was driving the lane. And I don't know if he was trying to go behind the back or whatever it was that like no one could really understand, which I think was immediately followed by the Robert Johnson, like underhand pass to Devante, which he just watched go through his legs. And um, it was just a, a comedy of errors. And and for as much as the backcourt won the Iowa game and allowed this team to overcome uh, some real deficiencies statistically and, and in a number of different areas in the game, those same things, you know, didn't allow IU to do the same thing tonight. I mean, it was a game where in a road game, you allowed one point per possession and you lost by nine points and it felt like more. It's just, just terrible offense. There's just, and, and I just... You know, just when you kind of feel like they've turned the corner, you're right back to where you were. And and it seemed like, you know, Devontae and Newkirk, one of them would play well enough in a game to to not kill you. And tonight, everybody was bad. And, you know, I don't really know what else Archie could have done, quite frankly. He kept yanking Devontae out of the game when he would make, uh, you know, when he would make mistakes. But at some point, I don't know who you put in. Is it, you know, do you have to put in Johnny Jager to try to, like, prove a point? I, I honestly don't know. At this um, point, I mean, himself? at that point, at that point, what? Yeah, could Archie just rip his suit off and it be a tearaway suit? And he just that has would a be uniform a, I, would, I would, I would take Archie and Bruiser. I, I would take the two of them, out of yeah. shape as they may be. Yeah, or maybe so, out of shape. I don't know. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, I mean, from the backcourt, I think it was. I think they had thirteen of the nineteen turnovers in total. I, I tallied up at one point, and Look, you know, again, it, they it, got they got to taking three pointers too. That was the other thing. It, you know, I thought, you know, IU had a huge advantage in points in the paint at some point enormous and, it was like 20 points like, and it only ended up being eight by the end of the game i think iu had 32 i, I forget what the timing of it was it might have been around that 41 37 time frame when they had scored almost every point in the paint they'd hit maybe two threes at that point and and a few free throws but pretty much everything else had been um you know had been in the paint and you know they just got away from that in that sequence where the game really got away from them and started taking threes when it's just like why that becomes the you know default setting for these guys to revert back to at some point and again it worked against Iowa you hit 14 threes maybe that has something to do with it i don't really know um but it just cool, they, they got cool, back man. into all those old habits look i i think i think this has to be said at this point in defense of Josh Newkirk who i mean we've said a number of times just not a very good basketball player guy tries hard but he's just not a great basketball player um and, and i think that we all agree that the guard situation will be better next year uh when certain players are on campus and certain guys are a year older uh but look if you're relying on Josh Newkirk to make plays late in a road game in the Big 10 you're going to be disappointed with the results. And we all know that, you know, I mean, this isn't like, gosh, what was Newkirk doing? Well, Newkirk was being Josh Newkirk. That's just what he is. And, and he, but he can be better than this. Yes. I mean, but you know what? When everybody else is playing horribly, I mean, look, you can blame him for that shot clock violation. That was Juwan Morgan's fault. I'm sorry. Juwan well, Morgan he was, was also right in front of the bench. Like, was anybody yelling that the I, shot clock you know, was about I, to go down? I don't down? know. I'm sure. But, you know, whatever. I, like, that one, Juwan Morgan, you get the ball with under 10 seconds left on the perimeter, and you immediately look to give it up. 
Like, no, dude, you're the man. Go to the hoop. Josh Newkirk did what he was supposed to do on that play. And that's get the ball to Juwan Morgan, and Juwan Morgan gave it back to Josh Newkirk. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I'm not I'm not defending the way Newkirk played. I'm just saying if you're relying on him to to win a game late on the road, you know, or to make the plays, you're going to be disappointed. That's that's just you are. Robert Johnson has to step up. He can make plays. I he you know he hasn't been super consistent this year, but he can make plays. Devontae Green needs to be better. He can make plays. Juwan Morgan needs to be better. He can make plays. I mean, you're not, if you're down to relying on Josh Newkirk to make things happen for your offense, you're going to have a bad night. <laughs> as as, yeah. as South Park once told us, you're going to have a bad time. And and we did tonight. It was. A, <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to pull that out. That's what very, I was thinking. <laughs> very bad time. All right, uh, that was like the longest first segment that we've ever done. Uh, coming up on the assembly call, I will point out tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. We'll go inside the numbers quickly because they're ugly. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the Script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris. I am here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we were breaking down Indiana's nine-point loss to Nebraska that drops the Hoosiers to 9-8 and eight in the conference, 16-13 overall. Guys, before we do the meaningful moment, uh, a meaningful moment that is coming up this week is that we will be in Indiana. Uh, and so we will be at the game Friday night in Bloomington against Ohio State. If you are going to be there, let us know because we'd love to say hi. We'll be hanging out at Nick's beforehand. We're going to head to the tap afterwards. So if you're in town, come join us. Come hang out. Um, you know, we'll be there Saturday, too. So, I mean, if you're if you're just going to be there and you want to hang out, you want to say hi, we'd love to see you all. Uh, it's our annual trip, and we can't wait. It'll be fun to uh, to be there. And I think the results of that game is going to be a lot better than what we saw tonight. Um I mean, hopefully, You're setting a pretty low bar. So well, good. <laughs> that's true. yeah, let's. Uh, that's true. That is very true. Yeah, I think as we long are. as no one bursts into flames spontaneously, <laughs> it qualifies as better than this game. Well, let's also remind uh, people yeah. what we're doing on Thursday. There, Jared, I'm flying into Indy tomorrow night, tomorrow morning. By the way, folks, so I'm going to be getting out of here pretty quickly to finish packing. Yeah, we'll be we'll be with Kent Sterling recording at the studio, recording Assembly Call Radio. So no. Uh, assembly call radio tomorrow night as usual no live show but the podcast will be coming and we will go live on youtube sometime during the day so check our twitter feed at assembly call for details there for what will be coming up on thursday um all right so let's hit this stuff pretty quickly andy you actually pointed out most of the the meaningful moments that i wanted to talk about you know i thought the three-pointer that robert johnson hit when it was 47 41 in the second half and indiana was just absolutely reeling you know after they took that 41 37 lead nebraska goes on a 10-0 run Indiana's offense doing nothing. And Robert Johnson, you know, found that opening in the corner, drained a three. And again, I mean, he's been the, the guy to do that all year. When Indiana has needed a big three-pointer, it's felt like he's made it. And I know his percentage overall in the season isn't as great as we'd want it to be, but it sure seems like he's been pretty good on those type of shots when it kind of ends a run, you know, by the other team and gives you a little bit of life coming back. I thought that was big. And then yeah, this is where I want to talk a little bit about Juwan Morgan. Um, because there were a couple of plays, Ryan, that I just I thought were indicative of his struggles. Uh, one came um, a couple possessions later, actually. It was 47-44 still. You know, and Juwan got it. He didn't get the ball in the post a ton tonight, but on this possession, he did kind of backed his man down, you know, got that typical little spin move that we've seen when a bigger guy is guarding him and he spins, you know, to his left shoulder and he kind of does that little low flip up to the basket. But this time it missed below the rim. And we saw that happen against Iowa, too. And it's almost like he just doesn't have quite the same lift to get the ball up there. 
um, a, a few minutes later, Ryan, uh, you tweeted about this. I think your tweet was, Juwan, what the heck are you doing? He kind of took that wild shot under the basket like he was going to do a little reverse. And man, he fell so hard on his shoulder. I was just happy to see him get up. But it's almost like he was trying to draw contact, didn't get the foul. But I mean, you know, normally I feel like he would have taken another step or gotten himself into a better position. It was just such a wild shot, so out of character for him. And, and you know, I, we talked about it after the Iowa game. I didn't want to go too overboard feeling concerned because he just kind of looked a little bit different. But I saw the same stuff tonight, you know, a little bit of frustration, not quite the same athletic ability, the same activity, getting tired a little bit sooner. And I mean, it wouldn't be totally surprising uh, if he was starting to buckle a little bit under the weight of how much he's had to carry this team, but he just doesn't quite look like the same strong, vibrant guy that we've seen all season long. And unfortunately for Indiana, they have to have first team all Big Ten level Juwan Morgan to win games like this. Yeah, and and look, I think that the Juwan, I, I love Juwan as a player. I'm the guy that said, you know, he might, if he had a good season, he could potentially you know, leave for the NBA. I, I think those thoughts need to go out the window right now. I just think that there's too much missing from his game at this moment. Um, and I, I really think that if he, he needed to have a stretch towards the end of the year where he was super consistent and dominating games to be able to do that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, look, he looked like a guy who was carrying a piano, who has been carrying a piano on his back for six weeks, which is essentially what he's been doing with the team. I mean, he just looks exhausted. And, and you know, people who were in attendance were saying he looked gassed. And, you know, I mean, it, it's a bummer. And and I was hard on Jawan, you know, off the top. And and I, I still am because I we expect so much from him. But this was this was a pretty bad game for him. And 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 I get it if you're if you're tired or whatever, but you know what? At least take the ball in, mix it up, don't try and do finesse things, get uh, you know, which I know he's been good at this year, but you know what? Draw fouls, do something, contribute in some way offensively. And he, he went up with 13 points, but there were so many missed opportunities where he was one-on-one -on -one with guys and just elected either not to go or didn't finish. And, and that's just not what we've seen from him. And I realize, you know, maybe there's an injury we don't know about. Maybe I was going to say that maybe because he's had a lot of like, you know, times where he's gone seen the you know, trainer and bumps and bruises. Yeah. And look, it's the end of the season. Everybody probably has a little something bothering them. Um, but if you throw fatigue on top of, you know, maybe having something with his leg legs bothering him or something, you know, maybe there's something there. But um we don't know about that. And so we're just going with the information we have and the information we have doesn't suggest that. So I, I just think that he's, you know, maybe he, maybe this team, maybe he needs a day off from practice or something, you know, just a day off to decompress. And I'm not sure that's, you know, something Archie's going to do, but maybe it's at that point where he's just, he's just so gassed and, and worn down by this year. And, you know, a lot of these guys have played really heavy minutes and, and, they've had to with the injuries, you know, unexpectedly have had to with the injuries to guys like Deron Davis. So, um, why don't you drive down there and take him out to dinner or something, help him relax a little bit. I think that would be, uh, and I don't, I don't want to lose a potential future championship banner like Louisville just did. So, cause I think that would be an impermissible benefit. So there, there are rules against post-game show hosts that aren't affiliated with the university taking players to dinner. <laughs> I, I think, there's there might be actually. Yeah, no, I, I sincerely think there is actually, Jared. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well. said you can't do anything nice for the players. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> strictly forbidden. That's ridiculous. Um, Andy, uh, thoughts on Juwan before we move on and talk about some stats? You know, it was it was odd because I felt like I, I felt like I saw the same things that you did at the beginning of the game, and I think it was right around the time they they went back and showed that replay where like kind of four guys let the ball get out of bounds, and Archie just went nuts, and um. By the way, that made me that made me love Archie so much more. I yeah, mean, I already, was... I already do, but some of his reactions on the bench tonight were just like, I know they did, the team didn't play well, but it just solidified to me that Archie's the dude for this program. His yeah. reactions, absolutely. No, they um, well, you know, and I thought after that, he, Juwan came out and he really had some some of the kinds of rebounds that he's had at other times. Really went up yeah. over people and and did that for a short stretch. Just couldn't seem to sustain. You know, that level of energy, I think shortly after that was when, you know, he was kind of asking to come out of the game or that, you know, talked about how tired he looked. Um, and I think that's one of the things that that you look at um, 
you know, it's one thing to say how many minutes he's played this season, and it's another to look and say, look, I mean, he's been injured enough so far in the, uh, you know, over the course of his career. This is such a huge jump in the amount of minutes that he's really played. Um, Good point. I think we think, oh, he's a junior. He's used to it. I'm not so sure that he is. And, and certainly, in addition to just the sheer amount of time, um, but also the, you know, the the load he's had to carry. So I think it's reasonable to believe that he might be a, a bit worn down. Um, but it was interesting that at times he seemed like he could kind of summon the energy to to do some of that, but definitely struggled more finishing around the rim than he has uh, at, at other times. And and Roby is a good shot blocker, so I'll give you know credit there. But um, yeah, I, I just thought he he looks a little uh, a little off of what we've seen, and I think that's probably reasonable. And quite honestly, that's one of the things you look at Robert Johnson the amount of minutes that he's played. He still looks fairly fresh out there for for everything yeah. that's uh, you know that for all the minutes that he's. Uh, he's played in the guys that he's guarded, but yeah, I think it's, uh, y- you know, hopefully it's something Juwan can break out of. They're certainly going to need him down the, uh, down the stretch of the season. Well, shooting, if anybody's earned the benefit of the doubt, it's Juwan. So as I think we all agree, we say sure. this not so much as a criticism, but just an observation, because I think it's important to, to kind of see this trend as you look forward for what Indiana can do against Ohio state and in the big 10 tournament, because we've all been optimistic about Indiana going on a run, but we're going to need Juwan. No, you've playing. been optimistic about how you go. A lot of people have been optimistic about, about Indiana being able to go on a little run here. But we need Juwan to be Juwan. And, and obviously, we need Justin Smith to do what he did tonight and Robert to do what he did and the guards to play better. But you know, Juwan remains you know, the, the straw that stirs the drink for this team. Um, so anyway, let, let's move on. Let's talk about some stats here. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. Ryan, I know you're going to be bouncing, so maybe we'll give you a chance to do your final thought when, before we close this segment. Does that sure. work for you? Yes. Um, so let's just hit some stats really quickly, Andy. And the one that I wanted to, to mention, you, you guys talked about, you know, how Indiana was doing a good job in the paint. And, you know, one game after the Hoosiers have their best day on the year from three-point range, they went 14 of 24 against Iowa and needed every last one of them to win that game. Tonight, they go three of 14 from downtown. And, you know, look, it was to be expected because coming into the game, Nebraska was sixth in the country in allowing three-point attempts, and they were 30th or 40th, somewhere in there, really good at percentage. But if you look at long-term trends, it's actually it's more important to reduce the number of three-pointers that your opponents take. That actually is a better indicator of your three-point defense uh, than whatever percentage you hold teams to because that can be somewhat random. And, you know, true to form, Nebraska did that tonight, and Indiana wasn't able to get a ton of good looks. You know, I thought Robert, you know, hit a couple. I thought the one that Juwan hit was a good look, um, but Josh Newkirk forced some. I thought the ones that Al Durham took were forced. Um, and, and so even of that 14, you know, there were still some in there that I thought Indiana shouldn't have taken. And so Nebraska really made Indiana one-dimensional one game after Indiana was able to do so much from three-point range. And, you know, when Indiana didn't have Devontae Green functioning at a high level to help with ball movement in the half court, it really, really, you know, made things difficult for Indiana offensively. So I credit Nebraska for that. Uh, and obviously it's a criticism of Indiana not being able to protect possessions, not being able to do enough in the half court to score in other ways. Uh, Andy, what other numbers jump out to you? Wait, how many three-pointers did they make against I? Was it 14? 14. 14 out of 24. They took 14 tonight. Yeah. I mean that's and, insane. And to Jared's point, though, I I thought a lot of them were not good shots. Yeah, um, yeah. there was one that, that the one Al Durham took from the right corner um, was hilarious because it, for three possessions, you could tell he was looking to take a three. You know, like it was just every time he got the ball, he was just looking. It's to, like he's trying to prove that he's a good three-point yes. shooter, and he needs yeah. to relax. It's yeah, just not totally. his strength. Yeah. Yeah, I you know so that so that stood out to me because the two point shooting was really pretty good. Um, you know they were nineteen of or no, I guess it was twenty one of thirty nine, um, which is at, at a, certainly over fifty percent. So I thought you know that was a big one. You know, assists. I feel like we always go back to when this team doesn't play well, they're not moving the ball well enough to create offense. So they had ten assists on twenty four made field goals tonight. That's a pretty low number, um, given how they've been. I think that's. That, in addition to the turnovers, is about as telling as it gets, um, quite honestly. And and then, you know, the rebounding, Nebraska had 19 offensive rebounds. IU had 22 defensive rebounds. So nearly half of their misses, uh, Nebraska was able to get. And I thought some of it was just, I mean, just strictly effort um, type stuff, which, again, I think everybody felt like we wanted to be beyond at this point where that wasn't a question. But I, I do think the effort tonight was just not what it needed to be and, and really chasing down loose balls. Um, yeah, they had a lot of back taps um, early on to, to generate some of those offensive rebounds, but 
you know, that was, you know, it didn't manifest itself in a ton of second chance points. IU actually had more second chance points than, than Nebraska did, but, um, you know, the turnovers obviously killer and IU only got to the line nine times. Um, and they made, you know, made six of them. So percentage wise kind of better, I guess, than what, the, what they've done. Uh, We're moving up, baby. Just, uh, you know, just didn't get there enough to try to get some ways to, to get some, you know, free points while the while the clock is stopped. You know, only three guys took free throws uh, over the course of the game. Uh, that being Rob, Juwan, and uh, and Justin Smith, and and maybe not coincidentally, those are the three guys that actually scored double figures. So, uh, only three guys that scored more than four points. Quite honestly, yeah. Um, when you're when you're not running good offense, you need to hit threes and you need to get to the line and and make free throws. Those are like the two things that have to happen when you're not playing well offensively. You need. I mean, it's it seems lame to. Uh, to say that you need to rely on that, but you do because you need to find extra points somewhere and you're not getting them through your offense. So, you know, you hit six threes instead of three and you make five more free throws. You're in the game, you know, I mean, and, and you might have a chance to win it, but they just didn't. tonight. I mean, they didn't deserve to win. But uh, also maybe don't turn it over so much so you get some more attempts at the rim. That would also absolutely help. true. I mean, it's, that that's useful. so if it's, yeah, that so would help went wrong tonight. The, the other but thing, just the, just to the, the, go ahead, right? Oh, I was uh, just going to say that the sad thing is, is that they turned the ball over 19 times and they took 14 threes. And I think we all agree that at least eight of those threes were bad, were like awful shots. So, I mean, that's essentially 27 turnovers. Yeah. If you look at Nebraska, they really changed their approach as well. So I know we typically focus on the IU stats, but in the first half, they were three of 15 on threes. They took 15 out of 35 shots from three. In the second half, they only took seven three-pointers and made three of them, but they were 11 of 20 on twos. Now, some of that is putbacks. They had nine offensive rebounds in the second half, but um, I thought they they did a better job in the second half of what IU should have done in the second half, and they got to the line 17 times in the second half alone um, after not getting there at all in the first half. Now, we can probably argue a couple calls here and there about, about some of those. The McRoberts one he fouled out on, probably chief among them. Um, but again, they were more aggressive and they were rewarded uh, with that by getting some trips to the line because it's not like their offense was, uh, you know, tremendously efficient either. Again, they only ended up at 1.0 points for possession uh, based on the number that I saw, but they were just more aggressive, didn't settle for threes in the way that they did in the first half. And, um, you know, I thought that was a big difference. If IU plays more the way Nebraska did in the second half, maybe the outcome is different. Yep. All right. Coming up on the assembly call, we're going to get Ryan's final thoughts because he's got to get out of here as he preps to uh, make his trip to Indiana. So we'll allow him to do that. Talk about some other storylines from this game and look ahead to the rest of uh, what Indiana has left on its schedule, which is just one game. That is next year on the assembly call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms breaking down Indiana's 66-57 loss to Nebraska. Uh, Ryan, I know that you have to run, so let's get your final thoughts on this loss here uh, before you take off. Yeah, guys, I have some errands to run and take care of before I fly out to Indianapolis tomorrow. Uh, we are all looking forward to seeing you guys. If you're going to come down and, and visit us in Bloomington, we uh, hope to see you then, um, Friday or Saturday. Uh, but I, I just think that there's one game left in this regular season. Uh, I, I think looking back, I think this has been a successful season at times, but tonight really just threw that into the blender. Um, and, and so I'm just hoping this team comes out for senior night on Friday night and, you know, plays like they care to win this game and plays like they have to scrap and fight to beat Ohio State. This team needs a big home win this year, has not had it, have had near misses against Duke, Purdue, Michigan State. It's time to get one. It's time to get an Assembly Hall win this year that they weren't supposed to. And, and it, you know, it being the last regular season game of the season is a huge deal, and it's, it's, it's senior night. I mean, it'd be great for these guys to focus knuckle down and get a win over you know one of the better teams in the big 10 something they haven't really done all year uh so you know tonight's performance is not encouraging but maybe this is the perfect time to have a little bounce back payback game and, and get one of those big wins that they have that has eluded them all season it's it's funny during this 
winning streak people have asked me a lot and i'm sure they've asked you guys too is like okay is there any chance at the ncaa tournament is there you know what if what if they win out what if they do this it's like no, actually nobody's asking it, really because i've gotten <laughs> no, a lot of no i can assure you that is not the case <laughs> no because i have i have gotten that a lot people saying like hey you know what they're playing great will the committee consider that well you gotta win big games to get consideration from the committee. And Indiana hasn't done that this year. They have not gotten a top win. They beat a, a what then was a good Notre Dame team that has since fallen apart thanks to injuries, but they don't have a good win on the, on the you know, they have some decent wins, but they don't hey, have Minnesota a was like preseason top 15. Yeah, that worked out. Um, but, you know, they don't have one of those signature big time wins. And, you know, they're not going to get in by beating Ohio State either. But you know what? You should have one of those on your resume every season. And and the fact that it's at home and the fact that hopefully the crowd shows up even after tonight and, and to honor those seniors, um, I, they, we really need to see something out of this team Friday night. So looking forward to it. We will all be there and uh, hopefully be able to uh, to provide some winning luck for the, for the boys when we're in town. So we're two and zero. We're two and zero when we're in town. Ryan, you go get yourself some food, run your <laughs> errands, have a safe trip. All right, guys. I'll see you Thursday, man. See you guys. All right, Andy. Let's uh, let's keep breaking this game down here. I do want to let everybody know you can catch us live. This is what I usually say at the beginning of segment three, but we wanted to get uh, Ryan's final thought in there. But you can catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and then every Thursday night on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash assembly call. And you can view all of our live broadcasts on our homepage at assemblycall.com. But as I mentioned, no live broadcast this Thursday night, at least no like organized one like we usually do. I don't know what we'll all be doing Thursday night. So maybe we'll go live, you know, like impromptu on the phones or something. But we're going to be recording the show that afternoon. So we will go live whenever we record. We just don't have a set time for it yet. So just be watching the Twitter feed um, and we will send out updates there. You know, Andy, one, one topic that I want to talk about is Zach McRoberts who i mean look i wrote a blog post last week about how he should be on the first you know first team all defense and he really hasn't backed me up very well uh since i wrote that column and i probably need to stop just writing things publicly because i seem to jinx guys more than i more than i really help uh with some of these articles that i write um but you know he's been a very good defensive player all year and it's he wasn't good tonight. He's been getting in foul trouble way too often. I mean, shoot, you knew it was going to be a bad night rebounding when even McRoberts is missing box outs. Like, that's just kind of the night that it was, is that Zach McRoberts was missing box outs. And again, as I mentioned, you know, you have Freddie McSwain, uh, who, you know, scored four points, had a couple of nice buckets, but he's out there for 14 minutes. He's sometimes a rebound a minute guy. And so for him to get no rebounds in 14 minutes, I, I say all this is preamble to to get back to Justin Smith and to talk about, you know, I think one of the few positives from this game is we continue to see growth game after game from this guy. And, you know, he played 25 minutes tonight, which is a good number for him. And, you know, I don't know that you can really count on him for too many more minutes than that, but he started the second half. To me, I think it's time, not just because he's a freshman and a big part of the future, but because he's right now, one of the two or three best players on this team I don't know if you start him because, you know, who knows if he's ready for that kind of responsibility. Only Archie knows. But I feel like whatever minutes he's ready for, let's give them to him because the team is better with him on the floor right now. And clearly for the future of the program, the more minutes he gets uh, in a game like against a good team like Ohio State and in a tournament setting in the Big Ten tournament and maybe the NIT, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, I mean, the second half alone, he played 15 minutes at 10 points and six rebounds. Uh, it's, you know, tough to tough to talk yourself out of giving him more playing time. Um, he does seem to be a guy, you know, I feel like we've had this debate about, you know, other guys in terms of whether they are just better suited at this point to come off the bench and kind of, you know, enter the flow of the game, inject some energy. I don't know that I would say that that's true for him, but he's certainly played well these last few games since Freddie's, um, you know, been in the starting lineup. So I don't know if there's any truth to that. That's three, uh, you know, what I would say are really strong games in a row for Justin um, it, over this, you know, this last, uh, you know, week and a half or so with these, uh, with these games. Cause I mean, he's, um, even if you go to count that Minnesota game before that, you know, he's got at least nine points in four straight games. Um, so I think that's, you know, really encouraging for him. I think he's been more active on the glass. He had a really good defensive possession tonight um, that eventually caused a, a turnover. And that's been one of the things that we've talked about that's kept him off the floor uh, in some ways. And you're starting to see some growth in those kinds of areas. And I think that's a... It's been a lot uh, better. I think he had a few a deflections that led to turnovers too. So I think, um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, bat an eye if if 
you know, you show up on Friday and he's in the starting lineup. I, I certainly um, could see, you know, could see that happening, but I could also see Archie continuing to, you know, bring him off the bench, give some energy. He's really helped with, um, you know, providing lineups as they're switching guys in and out, but it, certainly no argument for me if you want to put him in uh, on uh, on Friday night and let him start. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and, uh, well, no longer Ryan Phillips because he had to leave, but we're breaking down Indiana's nine-point loss to Nebraska. Andy, I mentioned earlier that Jawan Morgan is the straw that stirs the drink for this team, and I think that's true. I mean, he's he's clearly the best player overall and has meant the most this season. But as soon as I said that, I thought, I don't know, man, the recent evidence kind of suggests that Devontae Green is the straw that stirs the drink because, uh, I mean... This team is so much different when he is operating at a high level. And I kind of balked a little bit at some of the Troy Williams comparisons earlier on, just because, I mean, you know, Troy is obviously has more skins on the wall than, than Devante did and was a better overall player. But, you know, you look over these last seven, eight games, and when Devante has played really well, his impact has been like that of a Troy Williams. I mean, he's been really, really good when he's been good. But I, what's disappointing about a game like tonight and, you know, even through this stretch of about, you know, since, you know, since really the Illinois game when he's been playing, you know, quote unquote better, he still had, you know, three really bad games, another game that wasn't so good. So it's still been basically five good games out of nine. So we're still kind of oscillating between good Devonte and bad Devonte. And as you look ahead to this game against Ohio State, who he played very well against the first time up there, granted, a lot of that production was when the game was already decided. You know, I kind of look at it. You asked me for the key to the game. I mean, one of the first or second things I'm going to say is which Devontae shows up because you have one Indiana team when it's good Devontae, another Indiana team when it's bad Devontae, and we really need the good one to show up. And that clearly is important for the rest of this season. But again, as we project forward for next year, I think a game like tonight reminds us to temper our expectations a little bit, <laughs> you know, that he's just going to make this magical leap to being a consistent point guard. And I, I suppose given his track record, that was foolish to think at all. Um, but there are still a lot of bad habits in there uh, and some focus issues that seem to rear their head at really inopportune times. And tonight was one because this game is very, very winnable if you just get a good Devonte performance and not an atrocious one. Yeah, I think, you know, I think what maybe is this telling is anything. And I tweeted this out toward the end of the game. I was like, you know, literally nothing we had seen to that point suggested it. But I was like, he really needs to be back in the game because it felt like the only chance that IU would have to really be able to dig themselves out of the hole they had late. And I, I, you know, in some ways, I'm not really sure what that says about this team. It's it's probably not a great thing, but um, in some ways, it's just an acknowledgement of this team is only able to reach its, you know, peak level of performance when he's playing well. Uh, and and some of that is there just isn't another clear cut option, and that became readily apparent tonight. That if he doesn't have it, there's not a whole lot of other places to turn strictly from a roster standpoint there just aren't that many guards to go with and and everybody else has you know clear limitations at this point and you know we've talked about over the course of the season he can do things that other guys can't do in terms of creating shots for himself and others he just wasn't really able to do that tonight and and the turnovers really took him out of the game and because you know Archie wasn't able to leave him in he just never got into a flow and so they've got to find a way on on Friday to allow him to do that you know something else that was disappointing is this felt like a game at certain points that maybe Colin Hartman could come in and provide some solid minutes. Uh, Indiana doesn't beat Iowa without the contributions from Colin Hartman. And granted, he hadn't done very much in the you know four or five games preceding that. And at this point, seems like a guy who's really just got to pick his spots. And I, mean, I think I saw he was he had like something on his wrist. I mean, I'm pretty sure by the Big Ten tournament, he's just going to be wearing a full football uniform out there on the court. Um, because he just, I mean, he has so many injuries, uh, but he only gets five minutes and, you know, so, you know, not able to kind of do any of those Colin Hartman things. It just, it felt like maybe there would, there would be a spot there for him to kind of come in and, and, and contribute, you know, senior on the road in the big 10, especially with so many other guys struggling and McRoberts in foul trouble. So I don't know if there were, you know, some injury issues that kept him from playing more minutes, but I did find it a little bit curious given all, all of Indiana's struggles that he only played five minutes tonight. Yeah, I think had had Nebraska stayed in there, it tried that one three one for a couple possessions. I think had they stayed in that a little bit longer, um, maybe he would have come in. I, the, the problem has been, and I, you know, I I don't have all of this handy, but there haven't been too many times tonight when, or during the season rather, uh, when Archie has really played three 
forwards together. Um, you know, if the, the number of times, you know, you figure Justin Smith's playing really well tonight, Juwan, you feel like you kind of got to have, um, and so do you really take either one of those guys out to put Hartman in or do you play him, um, you know, alongside them and, and then with two guards? I don't know that that's happened uh, too much over the course of the season. It doesn't feel like it has. And I don't know if that was the reason that there just wasn't a clear guy to, to put him in for. Um, but I, I kind of thought the same thing, maybe just if nothing else for a steadying influence to take care of the ball. But by the same token, I mean, because when I would get into actually like running offense, which was unfortunately a little bit too rare, I mean, they were able to get pretty good shots. I mean, the the Robert Johnson three from the corner that, you know, cut that six point lead in half was one where they actually settled down, moved the ball and found found somebody wide open in the corner who knocked down a shot. I mean, the problem was that settled that, down being the opera. Yeah, the, the problem the was that that was that happened so infrequently that that Nebraska really sped IU up in a way that you know Illinois was able to do at times in the in the first meeting and in, and in the second one um and really get them out of their comfort zone instead of playing at the tempo that they wanted to and I thought that was really important Hartman may be a guy who could get him out of a little bit of that but he's also not the guy that would have been bringing the ball up the court and I think that's kind of where the problem started tonight was that it was just too frenetic from that point but yeah an, an interesting one but yeah like I said I just don't feel like he's you know, if you had to take Juwan or or Justin out, um, because I just don't think he's played a lot of the lineups with all three of them, I'm not sure who you would pick to uh, put on the bench. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, coming up on our final segment of this edition of the Assembly Call, we hand out our game balls. That should be quick. Uh, we look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, the Ohio State Buckeyes, and then we deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's nine-point loss to Nebraska in last call. That is next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morse here with Andy Bottoms, wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's disappointing loss at Nebraska this evening. Uh, Andy, it is time for game balls. I'll go to you first. Not not many options. Yeah, not 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 a lot of options at all. Um, to me, I think Justin Smith and Robert Johnson were really the only two guys that you could probably consider. Um, so call it a tie and let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how about I take one, you take the other. I'll I'll take um I I'll, I'll take Robert Johnson. I I did think he hit some big shots um in at times when they needed it. Uh the three turnovers are not great. Um but he continues to play really good defense. There were some lapses uh for sure, but I thought he really got into to Palmer a bit um for for Nebraska and I thought he played pretty well defensively for a guy who continues to play a ton of minutes. Always draws the best assignment on the uh, you know kind of the top perimeter player uh, of the other team. You know Palmer ended up six out of twelve, and I felt like Robert spent a decent amount of time on him with three turnovers. So I thought he played well uh, defensively, save for a couple breakdowns. He did not play well to finish the game, um, but I thought overall, you know, continued to play well. Not quite the you know Iowa level, which I didn't uh, unfortunately get the chance to uh, you know to talk through uh, since I wasn't on the show after the Iowa game. But I thought he continued to play well and. Um, you know, like to see him knock a couple more shots down, but um, six rebounds, which was you know tied for third on the team, and you know three turnovers, not great, but a couple steals, a couple assists. I thought overall uh, a reasonably solid game. Just thought there was nobody else in the backcourt, and I think his his numbers and his play really suffered down the stretch when he really had to to put himself in a position to try to do more than what he's had to do these last few games, and kind of reverted to some of the things that we saw and the struggles that we saw with him earlier in the season. Yeah, game ball to Justin Smith. Uh, don't need to go into the reasons why because we've broken him down a couple of times on this game. But honorable mention to all the Nebraska free throw shooters who missed those free throws late uh, because you know not tacking those extra five or six points on will help Indiana's uh, defensive efficiency numbers. So game ball to you, Nebraska, for not <laughs> taking full advantage of the ability to blow Indiana out by 13 or 14 points. <laughs> That's about all we have to cling to after. I mean, you know, and really, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of... It's like, okay, we had this four game winning streak. You know, we lose by nine on the road against a team that I think Ken Palm predicted it to be a three point victory. Like, it was going to be tough to go up there and win. So, it's not like losing to Nebraska by nine is the worst thing. But I really feel like this result was worse than the final score. And not just because they missed free throws, but just because of the way that it ended. I mean, the. You know, Nebraska wins the final three sequences nine six, nine six, eight four. I mean, they just kind of slowly bludgeoned Indiana toward the end. And for the first time in a while, I just felt like we didn't have any fight at the end. 
It was like an Indiana team from earlier this year, last year, that is ready to play 28 minutes, but not ready to play the full 40. And I guess the reason why that's so disappointing is I thought we were beyond that, but we weren't, and we just weren't ready to play the full 40 minutes that you have to on the road. So, you know, I've been trying to figure out if maybe we're being too harsh after a game like that, but I really don't think so. I mean, I think it was fair to have expectations raised and believe this team would do better and totally fair to be really disappointed, uh, not just by a lack of execution, but by an overall lack of fight and whether, you know, uh, you know, fatigue or injuries or whatever may come into that. I guarantee you their coach isn't going to make those excuses. So, you know, we can, you know, we should give players benefit of the doubt, obviously, because we're sitting on our couches and they're the ones out there doing all the hard work. But I just, I do think it's fair to be pretty disappointed in what we saw. Um, so anyway. I just, well, I think I think if you look at the season, it, it you know it isn't the first time that it feels like the rug kind of got pulled up from underneath you if if you think yeah. of it that way. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, you look back at you know how well they played against Duke, and then they they came out and played really poorly against Michigan. They win the Notre Dame game. They come out and play the way they did against Fort Wayne. Even after that, you played better in a couple games, and then later night it Wisconsin. And so, you, you know it. I think that has a lot to do with it, that if it was the first time where it was kind of a hiccup that you hadn't seen before or things like that, maybe you just kind of say, all right, well, chalk it up. Everybody has a bad night. But uh, I think what everybody wants to feel like is a corner has been turned and we're not going to see any more of, you know, you know, this again. And, and, you know, we certainly saw it tonight. And I think everybody wants to think that that's a thing of the past. And this was, you know, again, an, an all too harsh reminder that it's not, as far in the rearview mirror as everybody wants it to be. Yeah, and also a reminder, I mean, we mentioned that the four-game winning streak, as exciting as it was, you know, Iowa's the highest-rated highest team in Ken Palm, and they're 99th. So <laughs> that didn't exactly come against a murderer's row. Now, it did come on the heels of playing, you know, games against Purdue and Michigan State pretty well, so there was some optimism heading into those games. But, again, you know, sometimes you're not always as good as you may look after blowing out some subpar competition um, and... And yeah, did that in a couple games and then obviously won a couple of them close. But anyway, just a just a disappointing evening. Uh, Andy, let's take a quick look ahead to Ohio State. Clearly, they are not flying quite as high as they were when Indiana played them the first time, but they've still had a terrific season. What gives you hope coming into this game that it can be different uh, than the game up in Columbus? Uh, I mean, they definitely outside of, you know, beating Rutgers at home tonight, um, you know, had a, had a couple down games. You know, Penn State may just have their number. Uh, you know, those were, you know, a couple of road games there in Michigan where they weren't, you know, lost both of those by double digits. So if, if you want to take a really small sample size and say, well, their last two road games, they haven't been very good. Um, that's fine. The problem is if you want to extend it back any further than that, that's when they won at Purdue. So perhaps better to not. Uh, <laughs> small sample yeah. sizes work for me. Small sample size it is. All right. <laughs> oh, two in the last two road games. All right, let's go with that. Um, now, I, I think. I think there's a little bit of that too. I've heard, I heard, you know, kind of similar comments made about Kata Bates Diop is what we've talked about with Juwan Morgan. Um, and, you know, is he starting to get worn down a huge kind of jump in expectation production minutes, um, all those kinds of things. Is he kind of suffering and, 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 you know, struggling under the weight of, of the accumulation of that. So, you know, to some extent, I think there's probably a, a maybe a parallel to be drawn there where, um, they have, you know, because they're not particularly deep, have had to really lean on uh, a few guys quite a bit. So, you know, maybe that kind of catches up to him. I think the biggest thing to me is, you know, uh, we haven't seen that signature win in Assembly Hall uh, to this point this season, senior night, all the kinds of emotions that go along with that. I, you know, hopefully those things can carry the day uh, against a team that, you, you know, Ohio State ranked first in the league in, in defensive efficiency. So for a team like IU that has struggled to score, um, that is is certainly daunting uh, as we look at it that way. And and so, you know, can IU get hot, make some shots, get the crowd excited and get everybody into it? Um, I think IU defensively has improved enough where um, they're probably not going to give up some of the same things they did in the first meeting where they really just played poorly for the first you know, six, eight minutes and, and not too bad after that. Um, if they can get off to a good start, hopefully, again, the crowd plays a role into that. So I, I think it's certainly uh, a game that IU should feel uh, not confident and there's no reason to feel confident after a performance like tonight. But I think there's there's certainly a reasonable chance that they could uh, they could win the game. And I think it'd be a good way to cap the regular season off and, and head into the Big Ten tournament. 
You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember that because you are an Assembly Call listener, you get 15% off of your entire order at HoosierProud.com. So if you want officially licensed IU gear, one of our Assembly Call logo t-shirts, or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana-inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com and use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout. That's HoosierProud.com, promo code ASSEMBLY for 15% off of your entire order. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms. And Andy, let's wrap up Indiana's loss to Nebraska. It is time for last call. Your closing thought on this Indiana defeat. Uh, that was horrendous, I think, is my closing thought. Um, just a, a disappointing performance for all the reasons that we've already talked about. There's no need to uh, to beat any of those into the ground. So instead, I'll turn my focus to uh, to Friday and um, you know, a senior night for for some guys, you know, most notably in, in my eyes, and, and probably to all IU fans, Robert Johnson, who has you know logged at, I think close to 120 starts at this point uh, with IU over the course of his career, and uh, you know, really has has you know shared in some exciting moments, uh, both individually, certainly in the Iowa game, and and some other times during his career and, and with the team. So I'm excited to be able to be there, obviously for him, but to uh, you know, kind of to you know show those guys my my respect and appreciation for what they've done i think they've all uh you know done a good job in some you know some of them some pretty odd circumstances where you think about a guy like freddie who's come in and you know played two two years for two different coaches and uh you know really turned himself into a a, a pretty key performer for this team not one of the stars by any means but one of the more important role players uh, particularly over the latter part of the season i think that's been uh one of the cool stories to watch and um so excited to uh to be able to be there and and you know tip my cap to those guys and uh and cheer them on hopefully to a victory so i'm gonna i'm gonna think about it that way and and hopefully a good game on friday will help kind of wash the bad taste out of everybody's mouth from this game and and hopefully set the stage for a big 10 tournament that um you know, obviously, any IU fan that is not going to have high expectations for the Big Ten tournament, but um, I think if they could play well enough, give themselves a chance to get in the NIT, you know, while that's not what we probably wanted when the season started out, I think that's a reasonable goal for now. I think that would be successful, um, and I think that starts with a, a win over Ohio State because I think otherwise that's, that's going to be pretty tough to come by based on who IU's beaten. So I think it's a really important, uh, you know, factor in, in kind of tipping the scales of being able to get in the NIT. And and while tonight was terrible and there were times that i just wanted the game to come to its merciful conclusion uh this is a team that we've all kind of grown to to like and and a team that i'd like to see play a few more games and so hopefully uh, that starts on friday night agreed i think looking ahead is the best thing to do right here and if indiana can go win that game as you said you you, do, you can kind of wash the the bad taste of this one out of your mouth because i think before tonight's game if you had given every iu fan the option of going one and one in these two games most of us would have taken it there were reasons to think Indiana could win both of these games. To me, I thought it was more likely that we would win at home. And so we'll see. I certainly expected a better effort tonight, but we didn't get it. But, you know, senior nights are always interesting. They're, they're, they're always compelling. And I think this one is especially interesting because there, there's a certain element of Indiana fans that are so ready to put the previous era fully behind us and, and take two giant steps into the new era. And these seniors graduating and the huge influx of Archie Miller's recruits coming in will be kind of the first step in that. And so that is coming. But but I would just say, let's use this 40 minutes and what happens at senior night with the speeches to really sit back and honor these guys and maybe put aside for just a few moments all of the enthusiasm about, uh, you know, out with the old, in with the new and getting all these new recruits in uh, to honor the contributions that these guys have made. and. I know that some of those contributions have been disappointing. I mean, Robert Johnson has been a really good four-year player for Indiana, and you can't help but feel that most IU fans kind of wished or, or felt like it could have been a little bit more. But instead of you know, thinking about what it wasn't, let's really celebrate what it was, which was a really, really good four-year career for a guy who played both ends of the court and made some really big shots and had some really big moments. Uh, you know, Josh Newkirk obviously has had his struggles, and... You know, I know people are frustrated with him, but he's given a lot in terms of effort to this program for three years. And so as as excited as we may be to replace his production with a guy that we think can produce more, he's been a good hard playing Hoosier and he deserves our respect and our enthusiasm for senior night. Uh, I think that, you know, Freddie McSwain, the same thing goes for him. And, and the end of his career is obviously building on a bit of a crescendo tonight, notwithstanding, but playing more minutes than anyone ever thought that he would play. And that's been fun to see. You know, Colin Hartman, a guy that's battled so many injuries and 
he kind of already had his big senior night moment. So it'll be fun to see what he does for an encore. Uh, and obviously, Tim Priller, uh, you know, this will be kind of the final chance for him to get a loud, rousing ovation from the Indiana faithful. So I just think it's always so important for seniors, their last home game, for us to all really stop and take a few moments and really appreciate them because the players are the guys who work so hard. And, and, and yes, they get a lot by being Indiana basketball players, but they also give a lot to us who, you know, sit here and watch them and sit here and analyze them and criticize them and celebrate them and all of that stuff. And so I just think it's a really big moment for all of us to come together. Hopefully we get to, you know, celebrate those guys after a victory, uh, but, you know, listen to their speeches, hear what they have to say. Uh, and give them, uh, you know, the respect of of, of rousing ovations uh, and and our full attention. And, and then, obviously, we we move on from that game, and we'll see what Indiana can do in the Big Ten tournament. We'll be able to to kind of fully embrace the Archie Miller era after that. But we've still got you know this home game with these guys coming up. And again, hopefully, they come back from this performance, deliver a much better one, and we have a good, strong performance to send them out on Friday night. And I'm just really looking forward to being there. And hopefully we'll get to see as many of you as possible. So don't be shy. Uh, you know, tweet us, let us know if you're going to be there and we'll do everything that we can to see you and come say hi. All right. That'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember that our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to join our free email newsletter so that you get our six banner Sunday news roundups as well as our post-game analysis emails. Uh, we send those the morning after every game. All right, thank you for listening. We will talk to you again sometime on Thursday when we broadcast live for Assembly Call Radio. And then there won't be a post-game show right after the game Friday because we want everybody to focus on the senior speeches. Plus, it'll be late and we're doing the meetup. So we are going to record the post-game show Saturday afternoon. We'll actually be doing it at the IU Media School. So really excited for that. So a slight delay on when you will get your post-game show, but we will have it out to you on Saturday. So be on the lookout for that. All right, until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support The Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show... We appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.